0: Amen. Wow. Well, you know, it sure is good being back with you guys. It really is. I love y'all. I do. I love you guys. You're like my family. I know I said that the last time I was here, but I'm just saying it again. I'm not going to be before you very long. You know, Joel Osteen said, Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. It is very good to be here. Do you realize that you worshipped for almost an hour? (laughs) Some of you probably do because you were looking at your watches. (laughs) You know, almost an hour. But isn't it amazing? I'm just going to get my water. Um, You know, sometimes I've been leading worship for over 35 years. And, um, you know, sometimes... (laughs) I look at my watch and I go, oh my God, I've only been doing this five minutes. <laughs> Especially when the, when the people don't worship. But when the people worship, it kind of just goes by. I looked at my watch and I said, oh, well, it's not my watch, it's Ethel's watch. <laughs> she let me use it, and it is a nice watch. I looked at Ethel's watch and I said, oh my God, it's uh, five minutes, it's almost 11 o'clock. But my God, There is nothing like the presence of the Lord, is there? Nothing, nothing, nothing like the presence of the Lord. I'm going to talk to you this morning again. Like I said, I'm going to be brief, but I want to talk to you about something very simple but very important. And I want to talk to you about the engrafted Word of God. The engrafted Word of God Can we say that together, the engrafted word of God? Let's say it together, the engrafted word of God. Can you turn your Bibles to James chapter 1? James chapter 1. Everybody have it? Are we there? Let's read it. James chapter 1 says, I want to read 1 21 through 25. Wherefore lay apart, or another translation says, lay aside, put it aside, all filthiness, this is a King James version, and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, Deceiving your own selves, for if any one be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and then goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, for your engrafted word. It is indeed forever settled in the earth. Thank you that your word changes us. Thank you that we can look into your word, the perfect law of liberty, and we can go the way that we see. We thank you for your powerful, life-changing, soul-rearranging word in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. The engrafted word. My mother is 84 years old. She's still alive. And I like to think of my mother. She was way before her time. This is my, by the way, I just wanted to mention, this is one of my best friends for over 37 years. This is Karen McLendon. She was the one that was ministering. Car- oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Karen McDonald, she got married almost a year ago. And your anniversary is when? This week, next week. We got married, I think, two weeks apart. I'm married. Did you know that? Like, did you know that I'm married? Y'all know I'm married, right? married again I I hate to (laughs) say it well we're family you know I was divorced the right way and uh, oh god help me (laughs) anyway my girlfriend Karen we've been friends for almost 37 years and so I asked her to come up you know I was kind of eyeing her and I told her she only not lives not too far from here so I was eyeing her this morning we do minister together quite a bit and so I wanted to ask Karen McDonald and uh I just wanted you to know her. She is my heart. She is my heart and my best friend. Isn't it good to have a friend? Thank God. It's good to have a friend. My mother, I like to call my mother, um, she's like Martha Stewart to me. My mother could cook. She could do it. Couldn't she, Karen? I have yet to see anybody rival my mom. My mother was amazing. She could upholster furniture. She could do anything. She could make the best Butter cake make you want to slap your mama, kind of butter cake. I'm telling you, she was a ama- me and it, well, she. My mother suffers from dementia, Alzheimer's right now, so a lot of the things she's forgotten, but I haven't forgotten what she's put in me. My mother used to. One of the things she was tremendous at was flowers and plants and trees, and all around our house you would see just amazing, just lines of beautiful. She used to. And I learned. I used to like to sit under my mother and just learn from her. And she would just talk to me about this is a rhododendron and this is that and this is this. And then she'd show me how to cook. That's why I'm a good cook. Hallelujah. And I just sit under her and I just, mommy, how do you do this? And but unfortunately, she has four children. None of us inherited that green thumb that she has. I I, I kill an artificial plant myself. I just I just thank God it. But I remember my mother teaching me grafting. When we're talking about the engrafted word of God. I remember her teaching it to me. And I remember her grabbing a plant. And I was like, mom, that plant is not dead. That thing is dead dead. I mean, there ain't no hope. But mom said, oh, no, 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 angel. She said, no, watch. And then she'd show me the process of grafting. And before you know it, several weeks later, I go and look at that plant And my mother has done her magic and worked her magic in grafting. And that plant is just as strong as the plant that it was grafted into. The Bible says, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. I want to talk to you a little bit about grafting. Talking about a grapevine, grafting uh, grafting a grapevine. So if you want to produce a different kind of grape, but you don't want to wait for a long time, for the vine to grow and get established, you can do what's called grafting. In a vineyard they take a mature vine that's been established for maybe for several years, maybe ten years, that's impervious to disease, its root is its root system is strong, its nutrients are flowing, the juice is flowing. But if they want a different type of grape, they can cut the flow they can cut the vine off, then they slice it on the sides and bleed it out. Then they take a new kind of grape or a bud or a little branch and they sharpen the end and they jam it down inside the established cut-off vine. They wrap it with tape and it's now grafted into an established vine. And with only one season, it just takes one season to do this, one year, that now vine that's been grafted becomes fully mature and it now has fruit growing out of it. And that's the process of grafting. Grabbing on or going into something when it's lost its life. Going into something that's stronger and then gives us life. The Bible says receive the engrafted word of God, not just the word. Thank God for his word. But there's a reason that the word engrafted is here. He says, I want you to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to do something. It's able to save your soul, is what it says. James says, receive that. You know, you have here, in Pastor Steve, I feel, he is one of the best teachers around here. I I know that you know what you got. So I'm not going to say y'all don't know what you got. Because if you didn't know what you, you had, you wouldn't be here. You are here. He is phenomenal. And I've been around. I've been around. He's one of the greatest teachers here. But when we're talking in the context of engrafting, as great as he gets up here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and teaches... It's not enough of a process of engrafting you into what this word is talking about. Engrafting is a whole nother process altogether. Are you hearing me? Let's talk a little bit about uh, grafting. I want you to turn your Bibles to let's see, I I have time, right? So I'm I think I'm okay. All right, good. Then I'm not going to try to rush, and I'm not going to try to skip. <laughs> so it's not just reading the Bible. I mean, people sometimes think that reading the Bible will, will will help. Yes, it will help, but there's another process here. Now, when a baby is born, his most immediate need is to take some milk for nourishment. Without nourishment, the new babe will not only fail to grow properly, but will soon become very weak and eventually die. So after we're saved and after we're born again, our immediate need is also, and this is just by refresher, just remembering, because you know all this, after we're saved and born again, our immediate need also is that we learn how to take in the Lord. Everybody say, take in the Lord. Say it again, take in the Lord. As our spiritual milk and nourishment, without this spiritual nourishment, we have no way to grow properly and in a short time be spiritually dead now you say angel this is 101 yes it is yes it is 101 but we need to remember i want you to turn your bibles to hebrew chapter five and when i talk to you i I want you to look at a situation uh, the hebrew church where paul well i don't want to say paul because the big debate is who wrote hebrews (laughs) i think paul did but hey we'll all know when we get to heaven (laughs) hebrews chapter five will you turn there hebrews chapter five now, have, are you there? I don't want to. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. Hold on. You ready? Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 11. Now, giving you just a little bit of backdrop here, just uh, quickly. But Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews is just talking about Jesus being the high priest and after the order of Melchizedek. And he's talking about deep things, about Jesus and the Messiah and different things like that. Now, verse 11. Now, then he takes a little bit of a turn. In verse 11, he says, Now, Uh, And let me just read verse 10, just to give you, just kind of flow into it. Uh, Being designated, again, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Being designated and recognized and saluted by God as high priest after the order with the rank of Melchizedek. And he says, concerning this we have much to say, which is hard to explain, since we have become dull, since, since, I'm sorry, since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. For even though by this time, listen, by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need, you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to yet talk. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties—excuse faculties, me—are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law now here we have the hebrews when it talks about them and it wherein for the time you should be teachers it's talking about the time of pentecost 30 years had passed 30 years since these hebrews conversion 30 years so paul or whoever wrote hebrews is coming saying you know what by this time i wanted to say some things to you i wanted to talk some deep stuff but i had to stop because you can't get it no more because 30 years have passed and by now you should be teaching Not only should you be grown from milk to meat, I have an expectation that you grow from milk to meat. He said, "I I am going to stop right here because you've become." Hear me. When we don't grow spiritually, when we don't take the word in ourselves, he has says you have become dull of hearing. See, you can't even hear what I'm saying. When we don't grow spiritually, when we don't receive the engrafted word of God, and I'm going to talk about what it means to engraft later, but when we don't, it says, you become dull of hearing and I can't even speak to you. I love this statement that Matthew Henry said. He said, uh, dull hearers make preaching the gospel difficult. I want you to think about that. So you said, "I'm coming expecting something else here, but you but Hebrews, you haven't grown any. You went forward, went to a certain place, then regressed back to the point now listen, listen what it says he says i've got to teach you've got to now be taught the first principles again when you learned them over thirty years ago. now you've got to be taught them all over again and one translation says you have, they had not, not actually gone forward; they actually went back. And with that process comes dullness of hearing, lack of discernment. All of that is in the scripture that I read. Inability to distinguish. Now, let's give a little backdrop here. And he said, he says this. Listen, let me give you a little backdrop of the Hebrews that says. They they were descended from Abraham. That's one of the things. They had a lot going for them. They were descended from Abraham. They had the law of Moses. They had the Old Testament. And some of them even enjoyed the ministry of Christ and the apostles. But 30 years since the day of Pentecost, where they experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they were seen in, in such an extraordinary manner. Paul is saying, I'm expecting you that you should be teaching by now. I expect for some of you, one one, one commentary says, he says, I expect for some of you to be teaching in private, some of you to be teaching in public. And another commentary says, to have time for learning and yet no proficiency is an aggravation of dullness. Did you hear that? Let me read it again. To have time for learning and yet no proficiency is an aggravation of dullness. Where the scripture says they needed to be taught the first principles of the word of God. They went backwards instead of forward. And Paul said, now you got to be taught all over again. When we don't learn and we don't grow, we got to be taught all over again. This is an example right here. See, I'm moving forward. <laughs> I'm moving forward. And Paul even says this. You move so backwards to where you have become such as have need of milk, just like a newborn baby. And not solid food. So he said, I'm, I'm not going to give you solid food. Let's talk about, let's talk about, get into talking about what it means, grafting. In the Gospels, the Lord Jesus presents himself as a feast for us to drink and eat. I want you to get this. He presents himself as a feast for us to drink and eat. We drink and eat the Lord. Say, I drink and eat the Lord. I drink and eat the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. He says in John 4, y'all said, mm-hmm, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> he says in John 4 that he is the living water for us to drink. And in the sixth chapter of the same book, he says that he is a bread of life to be eaten. Then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 that we were all made to drink of one spirit. We drink of him, we eat of him, and thereby enjoy him and receive him as our spiritual nourishment. And uh, praise the Lord that Jesus Christ had presented himself to us as a feast to meet all our need and to be all our supply. We know that his name is I am, which means I am whatever my people need for me to be. So he's drink to us. He's food to us. I want to talk to you about the word becoming food to us. 1 Peter, listen, 1 Peter 2.22, don't turn there. 1 Peter 2.22 says, as newborn babes, we know it, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. I thought that was very interesting, if so be that you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. How many of you know that when you taste that the Lord is gracious, you want more? If so be that you've tasted, the Lord is gracious. Desire. You know what stirs desire? The goodness and the graciousness of the Lord uh, uh, manifested in your life. If you've tasted him, honey, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste him, you want more, and you want more, and you want more. It says, As newborn babes, desire that sincere milk of the word. And when you do, You're going to grow because you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, so you want more. Now, these verses are important because they tell us clearly how to taste the Lord. Drink the sincere, pure milk of the word. If we would taste Christ, we must take into us the milk of the word. Then we will be nourished for spiritual growth. Notice the Bible says taste. It doesn't say that. We know this aspect of God, or we know that aspect of God, but it says taste, just taste. You know, I used to have a time, uh, a friend of mine, getting a friend of mine to taste. And they'd say, you know, I said, just taste the food, because I like to try new things. And I used to say, just taste it. They said, no, I don't like it, just taste it, because you won't see unless you taste. You taste it, you don't like it, that's one thing. But you won't see unless you taste Everybody say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So when we drink the milk of the word, we are actually tasting the Lord. We are tasting the Lord. Most Christians know that the function of the word of God is to reveal God. Although this is true, this is not its main function. Hear me. The main function of the Bible, hear me now. This is, we're talking now, beginning, going into in part, impartation or or, uh, uh, grafting the word of God. The main function of the Bible is to impart God into us as life and as a nourishment of life. It is not only to give us knowledge about God and his love, but to impart God himself to us. So whenever we read the Bible, we should not merely try to know or understand it, but take something of God's essence into us as we take food. Are you hearing me? Then like food, the substance will be assimilated into our very being. We're talking about the engrafted word of God. Not just the word of God. We are talking about the engrafted word of God that we take in and we assimilate it. First Timothy 4, 6, don't turn there. But it says that we are nourished up in the words of faith we are nourished up in the words of faith now the scripture contains at least 3 examples where it talks about uh, where it talks about the word being food the word eating the word the first is recorded in ezekiel again i'm just going to give these scriptures you can look at them later but you don't you know don't turn to them now because i we worship for an hour <laughs> So I don't want to keep you here too long. <laughs> but we're talking about eating the word of God. Eating it. Eating it. Have you ever thought of the word that way? Have you have you have you you have, right? I know y'all have, right? Have you ever thought of the word of eating the word? Have you? Talk back to me, please. You thought about you have? Good. Okay. The first one, one of them where I should say, is recorded in Ezekiel where the prophet Ezekiel ate the Word of God, Ezekiel three, one through three. Ezekiel ate the word of God. The second one is in Revelation ten, ten, where we read that the apostle John also ate the word of God. One of my favorites is in Jeremiah. I think I want to look at that one. Let's, let's turn there. Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah 15. Who would like to read that for me? Can somebody read that for me? Jeremiah 15, 15, 16. Can somebody read that for me? hmm. Yeah um, I'm sorry? Yeah. Oh you know, remember take for Mm hmm. And read that sixteen again. I ate them. Yeah, yeah. So Jeremiah says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. To eat something is not merely to receive it, but to assimilate it. To assimilate is to receive something into you, digest it, and make it a part of yourself. Jeremiah said... Thy word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The word after being eaten became, listen, the word after being eaten became joy and rejoicing. Think about it. After he ate it, it became something. If I eat chocolate cake, I'm going to become fat. I'm just saying The way I like to eat it. I'm just saying. But Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, I ate them, and they became joy and rejoicing to me. Hear it? Yeah, I love it. And it becomes joy within us and rejoicing without. (laughs) Now, I want you to notice the process here want you to notice the process. Now we're we, now we're talking about engrafted process. Jeremiah said thy words were found. Now, uh, I think Jeremiah was probably talking about the word that the Lord gave him because, you know, in another portion, Jeremiah was talking about your word. I think chapter 20, he was talking about uh, I ain't going to do this no more. <laughs> you know, I'm tired and tired of people, tired of, you know, you know how we get. <laughs> you ever been there? I have. They, Jeremiah said, you know, I'm just I'm just tired of this. And it, it, he said I was weary with forbearing, it says in in, I, in other words, I was just I was just trying not to, you know, God, uh, I'm done. But he, then he said your word was in me like a fire. In me like fire. I have experienced that. I've experienced God in me. I, I, maybe you have too. In my belly like fire. I very rare, but I have. He said, but your words on the inside of me, the words that you spoke to me, they were like fire. And he said, they were shut up in my bones. And he said, I I, I, I couldn't, I, I had to speak. I just had to speak. I have to do it. And how many of you know God, you know, when, when we say we're not going to answer the call of God Thank God Jeremiah had fire shut up in his bones. But let me tell you, if God calls you to do something, he'll cause you to be, you might be weary, but i am tell you something, it never leaves. It never, The call never leaves. It never leaves. It's just shut up in you. Just shut up in you. And he said, I was weary with trying to resist this thing. I was weary with it. So in another portion he says, thy words were found. go, here we go. Now we're talking about the processing and grafted word. Your words were found even though God gave him words to speak to a people, he still grabbed onto them. But how about another aspect? When we are dealing with areas of our life where we need the word of God, we search out that scripture. We search it out. We search it out. We, not, we just don't read it. We don't just read it, but we search it out. We search out that scripture. If you're going through a broken heart, if you're having financial issues, if your children have gone awry, when my children were, were gone awry, I searched out that scripture. And both of them are married and serving God to godly, on fire, worshiping women. Because that's, that's what I ask God for. I ask God for women that worship just like I do. And you can ask Karen. We just married my, uh, my other son off two weeks ago. And they are both crazy worshipers. Don't tell me God won't give you what you want for your children. Amen. I found God's word. When my son told me he was going to become a Muslim, and then he said, Mom, I got to go because I got to go to Ramadan, I said, "Uh, Okay. I'm talking to my son on the phone. And my son, that's now saved and serving God, and he had changed his religion for a girl. For a girl. For a girl. And I'm talking on the phone to him. I don't know if you ever ever seen that just that that movie. I don't even know the name of the movie. Steve Martin, and and he his daughters on the phone telling him something, and he's got the pillow going like this, trying not to say something bad so his daughter would talk to him. Ever, I don't even know what movie that was, but it just reminded me when my son was telling me that he had mom. You know what? I only got a few more minutes to talk to you because I got to go. You know, Ramadan is Ramadan season. I wanted to go. Take that pillow and go, ah, 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 you know what I'm saying? But I didn't do it. <laughs> I just said, well, uh, okay, honey, I will talk to you later. <laughs> honey, I got off of that phone and I began to search the word of God and I said, I raised this boy on the pews. This boy belongs to God. Let your word, God, and every word not return void in his life but it will prosper into the thing whereunto you sent it. He has a word of God in him, and I believed God that the word of God will be able to, to rescue my son. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This girl was a beautiful girl, not just on the outside, but on the inside. I knew I had a battle, and he loved her with all his heart. And I said, well, God, do you want me to get her saved? And God said no. I said, okay, no problem, because I said, you know, huh, we need to get her saved, we need to get her saved. But God said no. And I began to pray. And I began to get the scriptures out. And I began to, Jeremiah said, Thy words were found. They found them. You got to search. You got to search. We're talking about engrafted, receiving the engrafted word of God, not just reading it where God said he'll save you, your household, and every... No, I'm talking about taking that word and reading it. I'm talking about getting different translations. I Sometimes I have my Bible open to nine different translations about it, and I eat it every which what kind of way. I'll take a different fork. I'll take a spoon. I'll take a knife. I'll take a jagged knife. I'll take a butter knife. I'll take anything I can to get that word in me in the way that it needs to. He said, thy words were found, and I ate them. I ate them. I ate that word about my children. I ate it. My other son did the same thing. Cute little chica girl. Cute as a button. God said she's going to break his heart. That's what the Lord told me. She's going to break his heart. And she did. Into my My son was almost suicidal. But he was married two weeks ago to a crazy chick. I'm telling you, she's just wonderful incredible. Both of them are above anything I could ever ask. Both the girls. Thy words were found. I ate them. I assimilated them. I looked at that way thing from the message. NIV. King James. New King James. It's all the word of God. And then they became to me something. They became life to me and I began to believe it. Receive with meekness the engrafted, engrafted, engrafted word of God. You push it in. You push it in. Just like I was telling you earlier about how they engraft on a grapevine. They take it. They cut it. And then they push it in. You push it in. You push it push that word in. You push it until, and you push it until it becomes a part of you until you believe it. No matter what the circumstances say, you push that in and you push it in and you believe that God is going to do what he promised to do. You push it in. Your word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. I need to be engrafted into something the rock that's higher than i <laughs> david said when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than i it's a searching it's a searching i want to give you an example so i'm just going to use psalm 91 This is something that I learned a long time ago, how to get the word engrafted into you. I'm just going to, I'm kind of almost doing this off the cuff, but um, one of the things that I do that I learned at a conference over 20 years ago, it says when we're reading the word of God, you read it. Let's, for instance, and I'm going to tell you the process of what I'm doing. You read it, and then you put, I, let me give you, and then you put how God would say it to you, and then you read it to your circumstance. You you, you feeling me? So, it would would be something like this. Something like this. First, you read it. Uh, Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed. Under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand, (laughs) I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. Now, so I've read that scripture. Now, I'm going to put, talking about engrafting. This is engrafting. Now, this is engrafting. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to put I in there. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and I remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God. On you I lean and rely, and in you I confidently trust then God to us. God to us. And, and and this is where you get creative, but it works. Can I tell you it works? Can I tell you this works? God talking to us. Angel, you dwell in the secret place. You dwell in my secret place. Angel you will remain stable and fixed under my shadow. No foe can withstand under my shadow. Oh, man, you hear that? I don't know if you felt that I felt that. Do you, do you, I, and I, I do want to know if you feel this. I, do, I really want to know if you feel this because, li- listen, it's part of when we do this, you, you want to feel something. You can actually feel the... Witness of the Spirit as you do this. You can actually feel yourself just like if you're weak and haven't eaten for a long time and you get a plate of food and you start eating and slowly, you know, sometimes when we don't eat, we get a headache or you get shaky or whatever, or we're just like ready to eat a piece of bark or something, you know, if we're really hungry. (laughs) But then when we begin to eat, we... And we feel better. It's the same way. It's assimilation of the word of God. Same way. And then when we begin to read it these different kinds of ways, then we could just feel like when I was just reading that I felt the witness, of, I felt just a little, Phew, God. And then when I feel that, I read it again. And I read it again. And it's like the spirit witnessing to me, angel, no matter what you're going through, it's going to be all right. It's like the witness, come, his spirit comes and say, I, I got this. I got this. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know any other word to describe it. So God, again, it's verse 21, God uh, um, Say of me, this is God talking. Say of me that I'm your refuge and your fortress. Say of me, and you again it's green created. Say of me that I'm your God. And that you can lean on me and rely on me confidently. You can trust me. Yeah and then lastly to our circumstance say we're having financial that's a biggie and like i said be creative i tend to be very very creative bank account i dwell in the secret place of the most high no matter what you say i'm stable Are you getting me? Are you with me? I don't know. Are you with me? No matter what you say, I'm stable. I'm fixed because I am under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power of phone nothing can withstand. Checkbook, the Lord is my refuge. Checkbook, the Lord is my fortress, and on Him I lean and rely. I confidently trust in him no matter what you say. <laughs> you get it? And when we do that, I mean, that's just kind of like a, uh, an example, you know, but oh my God, when you take the scripture that pertains to your situation and you work that thing, I'm talking about work that thing, before you know it, you've closed your Bible and you're walking away and it, problem what problem? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm under the shadow of the Most High. God's got this. I can trust and rely on Him no matter what. It becomes, you're engrafted. You're engrafted. You become just the way God ordained for you to be when you take in His Word. You're made strong because of Him. In your weakness... You're made strong. The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. And you have to first acknowledge that you're weak in order to say you're strong. But you become engrafted. I'm engrafted. I'm engrafted. I'm engrafted. And you stand just as strong as you need to Amen. in that circumstance. So you feeling me? Yes. Yes. Engrafted. Everybody say, engrafted. 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 Yeah. It's a great word. It's a great word. Whew. Engrafted. So James says, "Lay aside.' talking about receiving with meekness the engrafted word, James chapter one, says, "Receive uh, with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save your soul, which means, listen, sometimes you just got to humble yourself. You cannot do everything. And sometimes there comes a point where you have to say, when it says receive with meekness, the engrafted word, sometimes you just got to say, you know what? Humble, uh, 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 meekness means a humble and receptive attitude. You know, I used to say, you know, I'm a self-made woman and all this kind of crazy stuff. I ain't no self-made woman. I'm made because God made me. And, oh yeah, I can juggle a lot of balls. I can. I can do a lot of things myself. I have a lot of gifts. But when it comes down to it, there's just some things that I can't do. That I'm going to have to have God. I just got to gotta let God take it. I got to let God handle it. I got to give it to God. I got to be receptive to God. God, you take it. I humble myself. I just humble myself. So it says, with meekness receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. It says when we engraft that word, we're saving our mind. How many of you can be tormented in your mind? You know, your will, your emotions. You know, uh, I don't mind telling you, you know, sometimes women go through more emotional things. I'm in that emotional thing, the big M, menopause. (laughs) You know, so, you know, sometimes I tend to be a little bit more emotional than other times. You know, it's physiological, but, you know, just recently I said, you know what, still you bow. You bow to the word of God still. You know, um, I haven't near about experienced what other, a lot of other women experience in a menopausal situation. I'm just sharing with you because you're my family. You know what I'm saying? Not near about. Because I said, oh, no, 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 no. I, you know, I have to watch it that I don't buy into this stuff. I said, even the word of God, and I wish I could get into it because it's it's, it's just another part of this scripture that talks about that breaking a particular word down and talks about the medicinal purposes of the word of God. But suffice it to say, and trust me when I tell you, I said, oh, no, 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 angel. You know, I don't want to get over into not trusting God, but buying into all this thing. So you're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to have hot flashes. Like my husband was joking with the other, other day. He said, uh, you need air conditioner? He said, I'm about to freeze up in here. I can't hardly talk. I said, you yeah, know, because I was having a hot flash, you know. Whatever I said, well, whatever you know, but I, but I have to believe God. I have to take the word even then. I don't want him to let this thing slip. The word of God meets every need, heals every dis-ease. This is what disease means. It's a dis- ease. There's a disease in my body and I'm not hormonally lined up. There is healing for that. There's healing for that. And I have to remember that. I have to remember that when I'm hot flashing. I have to remember it. <laughs> so when the nurseryman is grafting a grapevine, they take great care in ensuring that precision is used to join the cutting to the wild rootstock. If the graft is not accurate, then the job would prove to be a waste of valuable time. In a similar sense, if we don't take time to engraft the word, to take the words out of the pages of the Bible and implant them into our hearts, we will waste, we could waste our lives. We'd be no different than those religious hypocrites of Jesus' time who paid lip service to the Lord, but their hearts were far from him. Let me tell you something. I'm all for positive confession. I am. I'm for positive confession. And thank God I have an opportunity to travel all around. Some of this stuff that I see people doing is like a parrot. Because someone says, do it, you do it. Because someone says, say it, you say it. You don't bit more know what you're talking or you don't. In, in other words, I'm blessed and highly favored and the Lord, all this kind of stuff. Yes, we are. However, uh, uh, some of the things I know, you're a parrot. You're not doing all that stuff that causes you to be blessed and highly favored. Sometimes, yeah, you got to speak it until you fake it, till you make it. I don't understand all that. But honey, some of this stuff out here, some of this stuff, mm-mm. It's just parroting i'm not not I ain't talking about no specific person, but I'm just saying we got to make sure that we're not parroting when we say that we're blessed and highly favored of God, which we are in fact, but the favor of the Lord, the Bible says, with favor will thou encompass him, let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice, let them shout for joy cause thou defendest them, let them also that love thy name rejoice in thee. For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor will thou encompass them as with a shield. Let all that put their trust in. Oh, hear me. First things first. Let all that put their trust in thee. Their trust. And putting their trust in, no matter how the circumstance looks. The same people that making the positive confession are the same ones whining and crying and making all kinds of negative confessions when the storms of life come. And so that's what I'm talking about. Even it's in you or it's not. And the trials will be the determinant factor. The Bible says the sower sows a word. Sows the word in John chap- in Mark excuse me, chapter 4. The sower sows the word. And the Bible says Satan comes immediately. You know how immediately? That was a long time ago says he sows the word, and Satan comes immediately with what? Afflictions, persecutions, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, entering in, entering in, hear me, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Don't think that when the enemy brings trials and tests your way, he's trying to enter in and steal that word. The or so's the word and Satan comes immediately. He's got to cause that trial to make it enter into you. The same way we take in the engrafted word of God, the enemy tries to get in us and steal it. Same process. And the trials do that. The trials do that. The trials do that. If we don't counter it, if we don't counter what the enemy's doing by the engrafted word of God, the Bible says we become unfruitful. Entering in chokes the word, choke it out. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough money. You're just not going to serve God. You're gonna wind up being poor and old. Nobody's gonna want you. How you gonna bury yourself? Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. Your children will never come to Jesus. They'll always be this way. Choke it out. Choke it. Yeah, you'll never go to college. You don't have enough money. How you gonna? How you gonna? How you gonna support yourself? You've been unemployed for three years. How are you ever gonna make it? Choke it. Choke it. You hear me? Choke it. Choke it out. Choke Choking Somebody's choking. You can't breathe. Choke it out of them. Give her that affliction. Give her that care of this world. Choke it out. Get it out of her. But we're not going to be of such. We're going to take that word. We're going to engraft it on the inside of us. And these earthly cares won't be, be uh, able to choke the word out of us because we done pushed it down. <laughs> we done pushed that word down, and it's become a part of us. And we are able to therefore resist the enemy, and he'll flee from us. The engrafted, the engrafted word the living word of God, which is able to save your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, the engrafted word of God. God, we just thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, thank you for your word. It is forever settled. <laughs> All of your promises are yes and amen. You've, you've blessed us with everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything we need to know about life, you have it right here in your word. The word in our life is called Savior, Jesus, Messiah, pearl of great prize. Teach us, God, to engraft it into our hearts, Father God, that we might be changed. That we might be changed. James says when you do it, something's going to happen. You're going to not no longer be a hearer of the word what it says in there, right after that. When it says, receive the engrafted word of God. You're not going to be a hearer no more, just a hearer. You're not going to be, and I don't think any of you do this. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. But you're not going to be coming in on Sunday mornings anymore, hearing the word, or just reading it. You're going to be doers. As James said, when this grafted word happens, he says, you behold yourself. He says, like, of course, of course, the Bible is called the perfect law of liberty. He says, you look into the, the a, a doer, a, a, a hearer only, looks into the perfect law of liberty, sees what manner of man he is, and then turns and goes, listen, his way. The word is God's way. You look into the perfect law of liberty, it's all together, it's all together. Engrafted. You look into the perfect law of liberty, you see, but you go your own way. You don't turn. But it says, whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty has engrafted that word on the inside of him. Being a doer of that, and not just a hearer, standing firm with the engrafted word against the trial, the test, this man, the Bible says, this man, this man shall be what? Tell me what it is. Blessed in his deed. Blessed in his doing. Blessed in his doing. Blessed in his doing. How many of you want to be blessed? Oh, God. Amen. I hope you got something out of it today. Amen. 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 The engrafted, engrafted, engrafted word of God. Amen. God bless you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. get something out of that? Can you help not getting anything out of that? Bless God. Bless God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, you know, you look around and there's some people that are not here. I don't know who they are. But it's interesting to note that the pastor and his family and the Jacob family are both in Florida. Florida. and we're here bless God thank you so much sister there was a lot of word I mean you hit on a bunch of them a lot of levels in that praise the Lord Uh, does anybody have any praise reports or prayer requests some more any more praise the Lord Hagos, is that it? Is Um, he has lost something? Can you help me find my hearing aid box? And you still haven't found it? No. Um, I lost it two weeks ago. It is gray. And uh, he doesn't know exactly where he lost it. But it's the box for his hearing aid. Miss Candy. I like hers. I was an ambassador for Christ this week. I was able to pray for another lady. Another lady friend at the Acme market where we shop. Well, why not? That's yeah, where you minister. That's where you work. Her name is Donna. She has been having some health problems. Also, I lay hands on one of my neighbors and pray for her. She has lupus. Her name is... Pam. Also, another uh, neighbor, her name is Barbara. She just got a job, but it is temporary. So, I pray that it will become permanent. I ask God for the opportunity, or I thank God for the opportunity to be able to do these things. Amen. And it always produces results. You obey God and it produces results. Miss Ethel. After teaching about what we declare with our mouths, I had to apply it to my own life. Isn't that strange how that happens? God knows what we need and when we will need it. Amen. Barbara, uh, glory to God and praise for a faithful prayer partner. I am free from back pain after 50 years. Amen. Woo. Lord have mercy, against all medicinal tests, all medical tests, and I am released from all pain medication. Praise the Lord. Now, she wrote this, this next thing. She says, now my knees are healed. And she, did you write that before the service? After the service? Yeah, amen. Amen. That's a good word right there. Woo, word of knowledge. Uh, this one I wrote. Uh, another person that's missing from the service is Ray. He was taken to the hospital Thursday. Uh, he told me while, while I visited him, he said that it took me about an hour, me and Angela, took, took us about an hour to get from the bedroom to the car. And he said, well, Angela told me, should should we just call the ambulance? And he said, no, they're going to make me walk anyway. (laughs) Visited him. I expected, I was told that he was in the ICU. Uh, He had had uh, a lot of weakness. How long was it that he wasn't eating? Since the picnic. Oh, my. So I was told he was in the ICU. I, you know, when you go to the hospital, you never know what you're going to see. And then the ICU, you don't know what condition they're in. I expected him to be on his back with stuff hanging out of him. and <laughs> um, So I went, introduced myself, and, and went there. And um, uh, he's, he's not there. He's not in the ICU. I said, well, where is he? Oh, we moved him to a room. Oh, so he's on the floor now. That's great. That means there's an improvement. So uh, he told me that he had a viral gastrointestinal... (laughs) I call it a stomach bug. (laughs) But he'd been very, very weak. And uh, so when I got there, into his room... I didn't, again, I didn't know what to s- I was expecting him to be flat on his back, but resting, right? I turned the corner into his room. He's sitting on a chair having his lunch. Amen. And he had finished most of it. All he had left was his dessert when I got there. So he was feeling a whole lot better. He looked really, really good. Uh, so we praise God for him. Now, I did receive a message from him. While we were praying, while we were uh, doing praise and worship. He says, praise God, I will most likely be discharged tomorrow. I took a shower this morning and feel almost human. Thank everyone for their concerns and prayers. I'm sorry I missed Angel. Give her my love, Ray. So, So, yes, so I just did. Amen, uh, and one more announcement, Barbara has brought in some cherry tomatoes to share, and they are right back on that table and there's some bags there. so if you want some cherry tomatoes, um, don't take them all because I want some too <laughs> but but they're they're right back there. I can see them they look really good too. Amen amen probably. One, one cherry tomato per family. You can take them home and pray over them and multiply. Hallelujah. And you will be just as astounded as I will be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Does anybody have any other praise reports? Well, we thank God that he has given our pastors three days in, in, in a rhema Conference, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and the rest of the week in Florida. Oh. I don't feel sorry for them at all. But I feel abundantly grateful, as you do, that they are our pastors and that they are, especially Pastor Steve. Pastor Stephen is, I agree with her, one of the best teachers. Around here. So I, I, this is a really good place to land. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And another thing I praise God for. Is for you. You are a great congregation. Individually. Wonderful. I told Miss Gladys. I wish that I had had a Miss Gladys in my life. When I was the big, <laughs> Because I would have been so much farther ahead. Today. So all of you who have smiles and some of you who don't, I praise God for you all. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that the ingrafted word that we heard today has come into our hearts and is making the difference in our lives, even now, before the circumstances come at us. It is making that difference. We thank you, Father God, that the word is our shield and that you, Father God, are our God. Thank you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can go. In Jesus' name. Amen.